Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host, David Evans, and Eddie Vibes. We're broadcasting from the city of Seattle, City Hall, Bertha, Bertha Landis Room, where an outstanding event was held today in commemoration of Juneteenth. Uh, it was done by the Black City Collective, and one of the leaders of the, one of the, leaders of the, uh, the organized event was Anita White, known by most of y'all as Lady A, with outstanding singing in her outstanding group. And uh, Mr. Lawrence Bingham, we'll be talking to him later. We'll be talking to J. Paul uh, Blake, uh, who was a former city of Seattle employee now with the Washington State uh, Black Heritage Society. We'll be talking to Tana Yasu, who is with uh, the Joe uh, Brazil Legacy Project. And this month is also Black History Music Month. So we'll start with uh, uh, Nita White, who uh, was one of the key organizers of the event that saw the mayor uh, here today, as well as uh, the chief of police, Carmen Best, going to be on the program today, but she was, her flight got canceled in Philadelphia, and she didn't make it. So right now we'll go to Anita White so we can talk about the day's festivities. Go right there. We had a great time today at the Juneteenth celebration event here at the city. We thank you so much for being our guest speaker of the hour. It was a great panel selection we had with uh, yourself, Detective Dennis Denise Cookie-Bolden, Katoya Grant, a city employee, and Christopher Tipton, who is also a city employee, but a Memphis transplant. And um, we really did enjoy today. Uh, this was about uh, community within the city employees. As you know, the Black City Collective uh, is uh, a culminate of the Seattle Public Utilities African American Affinity Group, the City Light Black Employees Association uh, that Warren Bingham is the president of, and you'll be talking to him later, Blacks in Government, Southeast Chapter, and Seattle's Department of Transportation, the Black, Oper uh, is it black Operations Caucus. <laughs> and we make up the Black City Collective. And this was our first uh, Seattle Black History Juneteenth event. Now, why don't you mention some of the people, you mentioned the organizations, who were representing these organizations? Because I've never realized they had that many black employee organizations in the city of Seattle. We'll be very honest. We'll There's actually a lot of them. We'll broadcast the live from Seattle City Hall and Lady A is going to tell us. I was surprised to see that. Uh, a large number, and I know that I, didn't, I saw a couple of the black firefighters, but they weren't here. Right. I didn't see a lot of the black police officers. They were probably on duty as well. But I was surprised to see the number of people who were working in offices and people right. who were in leadership positions down here. And I think Seattle uh, City Council President, that was outstanding the way that you guys uh, uh, rewarded, gave him his award. In addition to that, uh, you know, just to hear all the ordinances and policies and all the other fine things he's done has just been, you know, that needs to be publicized. Exactly. I was going to say that because a lot of these ordinances and um, policies, some of them that were talked about today, I was not aware of, but I will be looking into them. So I have to thank Council President Harold for that and yourself. You actually uh, gave some information that I was not aware of. Um, as I spoke about the other uh, affinity groups that were a part of, but there were some here today that I did not even know about. Angela Ray. Angela Ray. <laughs> I met her. And she's, from, yeah, <laughs> she's from the Department of Neighborhoods, and they have an affinity group that I was not aware of. Also, the um, fire chief, uh, as you said, he was here, and they have an affinity group that I was not aware of. So we will be talking because the whole uh, idea behind this Black City Collective actually came from our CAO, Ken Snipes, last year when I wanted to. <laughs> I always have these big ideas, you know, entertainers. We got big ideas. And uh, and I bring that to the workplace. And uh, for Black History Month, I said, why are we having all these different Black History Month events when we actually, all of us should come together? And Ken said, well, it's going to take money. You need to go talk to these other organizations. And that's exactly what I did. And um I want to say thank you to Lawrence Bingham because he was one of the first people to say yes from Clevia City Light Black Employees Association. Uh, and the rest, we're just going to get you on board. Um, as I said earlier, it's about community, and it's about the community where we work because this is where we spend a lot of time. Um, outside of the community, as you know, as Lady A, I have other projects that I work with because I really do believe in giving back to the community. Um, 
I have a ladies' luncheon that's coming up in September, which uh, helps women to come together to build community between women, and that's from all walks of life, all colors, religions, um, and then uh, helping the homeless with my red and white affair, which is in December. You'll hear more about that later on. But it really is about all of us coming together as a collective to do what we can, because individually we're great, but we're even better when we're together. Well, you know, uh, it was good to hear from the mayor and her commitment to the organization as well. And also, uh, we, like I said, we missed uh, the chief of police. Yes. Because uh, uh, Chief Carmen Beth was stuck in Philadelphia playing a fight with Campbell uh, last night, so she could be here. She won't be getting in until later this evening. Now, some of the other folks were involved, and I noticed that Marta Ottawa was doing a lot of the coordinating and running around. And you can have some other people that really played vital roles in the yes. presentation. Talk about them, and then let's talk about President, uh, Council President Bruce Harrell for a minute. Well, as I said, there's a lot of people that, that went into this, into making this the success that it was. Um, Lawrence Bingham being one of them, and his group from Clevia, Katoya Grant, was on the panel. And we actually added her to the panel, I think, two weeks before the actual event, because we decided that we needed some young people to be able to foster some ideas because uh, it is about Seattle past, present, and future, and they are our future, as well as Christopher Tipton. We had Iona McKenzie from FDOT. Uh, who else? Who else was FDOT there? Seattle Department of Transportation. Yeah, Seattle Department of Transportation. Who else? Was, oh, Blacks in Government. Now, Mariah Collins, um, and we send prayers out to her father just passed, so yeah. she wasn't here. But they were, she was always in constant contact with us, and they were an equal sponsor with the rest of us. Uh, we all raised money to be able to put this event on, and we're very proud of that. So for all you folks out there wondering if we used city money, no, we did not. <laughs> we raised our own money within our affinity group. Uh, we put on bake sales. We uh, do things outside of um, our work. Uh, Veronica Harris, our treasurer's. Uh, we had lots of people that are that work behind the scenes. Eric is saying he's having a hard time. Let's move out a window. Maybe that will help out. The, oh, uh, okay. So, Eric, <laughs> I, I want you to let me know if this sounds better because we are in City Hall. I did not make provisos to get a uh, to get a, a microphone. So, I'm gonna have Lady A, Anita White, move over here by the window to see if this helps. Go ahead. Can you hear me better now? <laughs> um, as I said, we have a we have a lot of people in the background. We met for, oh, shoot, at least four or five months. Uh, we started, you know, as soon as Black History Month was over, we started uh, planning for Juneteenth, and everybody was on board. I'm really, really happy to, to um, have been in a lead position for it. But as I said, no, a leader is only as good as the people who follow and the people that they work with, and I work with some amazing people. I just want to ask my engineer back at the studio since we're in the city hall in Seattle. Is that sounding any better, Eric? Yeah, you sound a little better. Okay, so we'll have to have uh, our other guests come over by the window so we talk, but our next guest is going to be the Seattle Fire Chief. We'll call him in a few minutes. Bill Stockland, who was here today. So I was, I was wondering because we are, are in a building, but we're by the windows now. So the other thing about Anita White, she is Lady and she is. Uh, performed around the world. So I want her to step away from the city, step in the Lady A and talk about Lady A. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. Um, if you want to find out more about Lady A Productions, uh, tomorrow night, Friday uh, the 21st, I will be at Eakins Dollar Jam House. I do a Back Porch Blues Showcase uh, every once a month at Eakins. Uh, I just performed at the Royal Room last Friday. I have my ladies' luncheon, as I mentioned, coming up September 14th. Tickets went on sale on Monday. Uh, they are $60, and we will be at the Mount Baker Community Club uh, in Seattle. I really always do believe in giving back. I use, uh, I'm using Simply Soulful as the caterer, a black-owned woman business. Uh, we have women vendors that are small businesses, and this will be my third annual luncheon, and it is always sold out. Uh, last year we had it at Renton Vocational College, and it was so big that this year I'm going to make it a little smaller because I really do believe in touching people, uh, being able to put my hands on them as well as speak to them. So we're only going to sell 150 tickets this year. So you ladies, make sure you call 
518-918-9100. The ladies' luncheon is September 14th. And we'll have you back on Urban Forum Northwest to make sure we promote that. I, You know, I really do appreciate you so much. I do. I am so happy that you were with us today for this Jenkins celebration. Um, you know, I just got back from New Orleans uh, doing my New Orleans Live, Lady A Live in New Orleans CD, which was amazing. And some things that you talked about, it's some things that the city of Seattle should be doing. Can I just go on and say it? <laughs> The New Orleans, the city of New Orleans offered me an opportunity to sing at the New Orleans Jazz Museum for free. <laughs> for free. All I had to do was get there. All right, now. And, and I know they wanted me to use the New Orleans band, but my band is so amazing that I wanted to take them. And I want to take this opportunity to thank all those that supported us uh, on our GoFundMe. We got there. We stayed in the quarter. We had a great time. And we came back. But the New Orleans uh, Live in uh, live in New Orleans City will come out in 2020. But Seattle needs to do something like that. We need to support our local artists. And thank you to the venues that do. Um, y'all need to get away from paying artists $400 because that don't work no more. We live in Seattle. <laughs> okay. But really, you really need to support your local artists here in Seattle. We have some amazing singers, uh, vocalists. We have some amazing musicians that live right here, and the city should be supporting that. And I would like to see more of that. They treated us real well in New Orleans. <laughs> they enjoyed that music, too. Yeah. Good entertainment. <laughs> well, Lady A, we want to really thank you. Uh, we have Chief Gerald Stockton on hold. Thank you for outstanding event today, and I'm glad I was able to participate. Thank uh, you, thank so, you so, much. so much. And you guys, the Black City Lighters, all these black owners with the Black Collective, keep pushing on them until justice is rolling down the hills like Chief, like you mentioned, 
but he really laid the bricks on the road that we're all walking on today. And I do want everyone out there to know how much we appreciate him. Okay, uh, my co-host David Evans had a comment. So, yeah, what I was uh, going to be asking you about, and sort of alluded to it today, a uh, high school mentorship program where they can get high school credits would be introduced to that profession. Uh, and I know they have something similar to that down in Los Angeles, a seven-week sort of like a summer internship program. Is that something that we might be able to introduce here or to, to at least research in order to increase the number of particularly kids of color in the fire department? Well, absolutely. But one of the pieces of information um, I, I wanted to give you is there's currently a program in Seattle Public Schools right now for uh, learning to become a firefighter. Um, the last two years, it was at Rainier Beach High School, and this year it moved up to Washington Middle School to a more central location. So any student in Seattle Public Schools who have a desire to, to take these classes, they can actually join the program that's in the schools right now. And what I know is there's also a summer program that they can also sign up for. So there's already a program in the schools. We've also been working with um, Seattle colleges to, to work on standing up an associate degree program. We, we haven't walked all the way down the road yet, but uh, we are walking on the road to try to build it. You know, we're truly trying to build those connections and those pathways for um, people to, to start to see their future and learn, you know, what it takes to transition into this profession. I think that's excellent. Are there any, say if I'm a young person on the street and I haven't had an opportunity to be in those programs, but I wanted to prepare myself to take the uh, to take the exam. Are there any preparatory courses or classes that I can take as a private citizen? Absolutely. Um, so there's there's a few things you can do. I've already mentioned our cadet program, and the advantage to that is you're going to be learning from our firefighters on on the, the the language that we speak as firefighters. You're going to be learning the operations that we're doing. You're going to be learning how to become physically and mentally fit to do the job. As we start moving forward to our testing process, uh, what we start holding is community workshops. So all around the city of Seattle, once we start to get closer to the test, we're going to be offering them up. And anyone who wants to come and sit in on these workshops to learn um, what it takes to be successful, those are going to be held for probably a couple of months before the exams are even given. When I have to go through the traditional process of first being hired in order to get attached to a medical unit, if that was my interest? Well, here in the Seattle Fire Department, all of our EMTs, all of our firefighters are EMTs. So that is the current pathway. But if you don't have an EMT and you take our test and you're in the, in the group that's being considered for hiring, then what we have started doing is teaching an EMT class to those in the top group. So people who are not who aren't missing out on opportunities. As a matter of fact, we have an EMT class going right now. The individuals who are in that class, when they complete that class, they will then enter our August Recruit Training Academy. That's a 15 and a half week recruit firefighter recruit training academy. So step one is getting the EMT. Step two is um, completing the recruit training academy. That is that is really excellent. Um, so for the young people out here, I'm going to push that because I have a few young people who talk to me personally about being part of the uh, fire department. But I see that you've developed a lot of avenues, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Well, it's important because no one takes the same path. So our goal is to try to, you know, meet people where they are. So as we start to, to ramp up our recruiting efforts, um, you know, we're going to be out in the community. We've also stood up um, a diversity committee as a part of our King County Fire Chiefs Association. As all the fire departments here in King County, we have an association, and, and one of the initiatives that we're working hard to move forward is to, to, to increase um, representation around the county. So the county chiefs also have a group working, working on this, too. And later on this summer, we're going to try to stand up um, a workshop, including all the departments, because you may not live in Seattle. You may live down in, in Kent, where Puget Sound Fire is. You may live in Renton. You may live in Redmond. And there's opportunities all over King County that people may not know about. Well, you might want to drop a lug down in Renton. My understanding is you only have one a black person on the fire department. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I was told one. Yeah, you, you are, I believe you are correct, and he was recently hired by uh, Fire Chief Rick Marshall, who, who takes this very seriously, and he's working hard with our diversity committee to try to, um, to, try to change that. 
and 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 Steve, uh, I'm glad to hear. And, and a little bit about you were a fire chief in uh, in California. Yeah, yes, I've been in the municipal fire service since 1989 with Glendale Fire Department, and I got selected as fire chief in 2008. So I was there chief for seven years before I came here to Seattle in 2015, and now I've been here for uh, four years. So this is my 30th year of service in the fire service. Well, that's great. It's really enlightening to hear all the different programs that people... So anyway, I'm just saying it's really uh, great when, when we can hear, you know, all the good things that are happening because uh, we're going to make sure that this information stays out and stays before the public, especially our listening audience, so that we can give people some hope and direct them to what it is uh, to get an, an opportunity. So, Chief, I want to thank you. Uh, uh, Haywood did an excellent job at getting all this information out to the public on how folks can get into the fire service. Well, thank you for having me today, and as we start to ramp up our recruitment, um, Will, we want to make sure we reach back to you and, and get your real-time and current information so you can continue to spread the word. Okay, and then also we'll be calling you about uh, the Carol Riley Payne Appreciation Day. With uh, students for the 40 years of NAACP Axel, we're having a celebration for her, and we are looking for sponsors. I know the girls going to have the Black Firefighters to be in line, and we want to be calling you on that as well. We'd like to see you at the event as well. Uh, so uh, I'll be in touch with you on that one. Okay, thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, okay, thanks very much. Uh, i got to let my engineer know. I think Mr. Bingham had a meeting. If he does, uh, if you can't get him back to Hayward, we'll have a discussion about what transpired yesterday. Then after that, we'll go to uh, J. Paul Blake with the White State Black Hills Society. So uh, I don't know if we were able to get Mr. Bingham on yet or not. Okay. So Hayward Evans and I attended uh, an event yesterday. It was uh, a meeting with the Governor Jay Inslee and his senior cabinet folks uh, regarding uh, uh, the disparity study that has uh, just been produced yesterday. We haven't analyzed it. And I must say that uh, Lyle Quasim, and I uh, did an excellent job in going through it right quickly. As being the secretary of the Department of Social Health Services under two governors and being the co-chair of the Pierce County, Cone Pierce County Black Elected, he does understand government as well as anybody. And he was the only agency uh, that when I asked him had it passed, to see an increase in the participation. That's because Lyle Quasim had the commitment, and that's what we're looking for in terms, in terms of all these department heads. But Hayward was very instrumental in organizing this meeting. What I'll do now is turn to him, let him talk and give his impressions of what transpired yesterday at the meeting at the Tabor Hub that was held yesterday. So Hayward, go right ahead. Hey, uh, thank you, lady. But also, you were very instrumental, and you you raised that critical question as it related to those measurements, as it related to people being held accountable, because we've had such a tough time with a lot of these contractors. And it was the same old, same old, and you pointed it out, Eddie. They talked about voluntary compliance, voluntarily recruiting minority firms. And we know, historically, that's always, always been a problem. But yesterday was great. It came out over 300 pages, the, uh, um, the Washington State uh, Disparity Study. And that primarily focused just on, just on contracts. Because if you look at the actual language as it relates to I-1000, and I-1000 is the law, and the issue is the law is to be implemented or enacted by July 28th, unless those folks over there on Mercer Island and Bellevue, you know what I'm talking about, they come up and they get uh, the 130,000 signatures to get the referendum 88 on the ballot, which I don't think they're going to get them, uh, but they can still get referendum 88 on the ballot. We were pushing the governor. The governor needs to send out a directive. He can't enact it till July 28th, but there's no law preventing him to prepare each department so that by the time July 28th hits, they have a plan in place. We assisted them. We've extended the hand of friendship. We extended the hand to assist them in developing their policies so that they don't have to come back to us and say, well, are these policies okay? No. 
Let us be at the table as you draft those policies. Now we come up with something concrete that communities agreed upon. I would think that uh, by having all of the the state department heads or the assistant directors of department heads there, actually hearing from people like Frankie Aragon, Bob Armstead, you, myself, uh, Nate Miles, and others, that uh, they really got a chance to hear what the concerns were for the Washington Civil Rights Coalition and also Frankie the OCA, <clears throat> who also is a member of the Civil Rights Coalition. John Yasutaki couldn't make it. He was uh, he was at work getting another job at that particular time. But, uh, hey, what the good news is is that uh, yesterday uh, we were notified that the $200,000, $250,000 to uh, continue the planning process for the Reverend Dr. Sammy Barry McKinney Community Preservation and Development Authority will be is been underway. We'll now uh, see fruition, I think, uh, maybe by the end of the year, maybe a little longer, because it took so long to transfer this money, that we'll have a place where we can train people through apprenticeship program, have a hub uh, to make sure that our businesses receive the technical assistance they need, and also have advocates to make sure that they don't get brushed by the wayside, because you're not there on your own. If the whole system is very easy, to get this large, this directed, and denied an opportunity. So we will be advocating uh, for our businesses, and we will be helping all of them, not just, not just the African descendants of the United States slaves. We will help all businesses that need some assistance and some advocacy. But on the other hand, you got to remember, that building came about at Seattle Office Industrial Relations Center, SOISB, because of Reverend Dr. Sammy Green McKinney's interest to bring job training uh, to out of Washington. And so that was the original purpose. That was part of one of Linda Johnson's great society programs. Unfortunately, it met a, a, a death in 1980 when President Ronald Reagan defunded all the manpower training programs that had a disparate impact on black communities all across the country. So we have to build back up to make sure that our people are prepared to get into the workforce in these well-paying jobs. And I was talking to uh, some folks about the Seattle Police Department. They're having a problem recruiting officers. At a $15,000 signing bonus and able to make $100,000 the first year with the overtime, that uh, I know a lot of blacks leaving the military who welcome that opportunity to get a $15,000 and then make enough money to buy a house with a CD. So uh, I'm encouraging the chief of police, common sense, to recruit at a joint base, Lewis McCord. And I think that we can find some people who already are disciplined who know how to shoot straight, <laughs> and who have who have some <laughs> who have some compassion for people in the hood to be on the police department. So I will be trying to sister. Okay. Well, you want to make your listenership. You need to be very appreciative, Eddie. Now we hit the governor up before he left about the McKinney Coalition and what we're doing. Then, uh, then we also spoke about it during the session. But then Eddie, strategically, man, and afterwards made sure that his administrative assistant of the governor and Ed Prince, the executive director of the uh, Commission on African-American Affairs, got the list, got the people. We were in we were in a cloud until Eddie blew it away. And we got funded that same day after we had that meeting because they saw the coalition were there. On top of the question, we've been helping them, and they got the information, and now we're funded. That's beautiful. Thank you, Eddie. Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength, and we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your Port of Opportunity.
Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. All right, Eddie Wright and Hayward Evans back at uh, CL City Hall, uh, where they've been uh, having a uh, turn the speaker off, please. Where we've been having a Juneteenth celebration organized by Anita White uh, and uh, a number of Black City Light employee organizations. And Lawrence Bingham was going to be on, but he was called away to a meeting. That's his first job, to make sure he serves the people in City Light. But our next guest is uh, J. Paul Blake, who is the Washington State Black Heritage Society. And they're having an event coming up uh, on Saturday. And so I'm going to go to J. Paul Blake to have him just talk, uh, not on speaker, sir, but go right ahead. So, J. Paul Blake. Yeah, thanks, thanks Eddie, and uh, thanks for the invitation uh, today. And uh, Kudos to you and your crew back at the uh, office to making uh, these uh, logistics work out with the communication. Um, yes, as Eddie mentioned, uh, I'm on the board of the uh, Washington Black Heritage Society of Washington State, and we have a general membership meeting tomorrow at noon to 2 o'clock at the Langston Hughes Performing Arts Center. Uh, it is open to the public. And Langston Hughes, as most of you probably know, is located at 104 17th Avenue South. Uh, founded in 1977, the Black Heritage Society of Washington State is dedicated to the acquisition, preservation, and ex- exhibition of materials related to the history and culture of African Americans in the state of Washington. So that's what we're all about, preserving and displaying of African American history in the state of Washington. The meeting tomorrow will be highlighted by recognition of members of the Coke County. Jacqueline Austin, who recently received an award uh, from a major national uh, association, the American Association for State and Local History. He received the 2019 Award for Excellence, and that's really quite an honor, and everyone was very pleased that Jackie received this award. We will also talk about what else has been happening with the uh, Black Heritage Society in the recent months, including receiving a $10,000 heritage grant from uh, For Culture, part of uh, King County, and also working a lot with uh, the Edwin T. Pratt Project. As any of you probably know, this has been 50 years since Edwin T. Pratt, former head of the Urban League and other uh, central area associations, was uh, assassinated in Shoreline. And just recently, uh, the Shoreline School District uh, named a new uh, center up there in honor of the uh, early learning center where they now have all of their preschool programs. So that came about through the work of a young lady, a young white girl, Sarah Haycott, who uh, had read about Edwin T. Pratt and thought uh, his history should be preserved and, and rightfully so. And so we're all very happy to be involved with uh, the Edwin T. Pratt Project. And again, thanks to Eddie for uh, providing me this opportunity to talk about uh, the Black Heritage Society. So I hope people who are listening will uh, check us out on the web and hopefully attend the meeting and or consider joining. And we will absolutely, I know a few people in the community that want to or would like to attend the meetings. But also from a historical perspective, since it is a historical organization that's preserving and protecting the culture. When we look back at the formation of the state of Washington and we look back at Williams Owens Bush, wasn't for William, we would not have a state of Washington. That's when they were in negotiations with the British, and it was his settlement that he brought up. And for those folks who didn't know, because of the Slave Act, when, if you were down in Portland, which you went into Portland, you get 39 lashes of uh, uh, 39 lashes twice if you're there for two years, I believe. And so what they did was they went north of the Columbia River, and that's how they ended up settling here in the state of Washington. But but on the first legislature of the state of Washington, we had an African-American. His son, Williams Owens Bush, yeah, he was an R. He was a Republican. It was a little different then than it is now, amen. He'd probably be a Democrat now. But anyway, he had the first uh, first legislation. But interestingly, we were down in Olympia a lot this year to get I-1000 passed. Why isn't there a statue of Williams Owens Bush and, uh, uh, and George Washington Bush 
Williams on Bush, frankly, is the one who did the charter to start Washington State University. Why isn't there something in Olympia since they donated the land that the Capitol sits on and came from the Bush family? What can we do to, to get some statues down there? Well, that's a great question, Haywood, and it looks like there's something that uh, maybe uh, the uh, Black Heritage Society, along with uh, other groups uh, of interest uh, in history, especially African-American history, can uh, look to initiate some type of movement to get something like that to come to a reality. I know, I believe it's in Centralia where there's a statue uh, being planned in honor of the, the gentleman who actually founded Centralia, right? Are you aware of that? I that they, they all came out of the same party, yeah. though, was the Bush. Yes. Yeah. In fact, the son was, was a Stanford or, or, or Sandstone. And then when they moved over there, they had the largest sawmill. And so when they first entered the state of Washington, they would basically stop in Olympia, and the, and the Bushes would take care of them and then move them on up. Those were the two primary settlers that came to the state. Wow. Very, very interesting. Yeah. But, but what's crazy about it, in my opinion, is when they were negotiating where the state capital should be, mm. they were looking at Yakima, and they were looking at um, uh, Ellensburg, but because that land they had to pay for it in the middle of the state, which if you look at it now, is sort of logical, the Bushes gave them the land to end up in, on the West Coast. Wow, yeah. It's, it's fascinating history that uh, most people are obviously not aware of. I can mention you that that needs to be incorporated in the local schools. But, you know, if we look at the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee put together a group, too, here, that we absolutely want to get with you, and that's the African-American Heritage Society. And we have a float. haven't had a float since 1981 in the Spirit Torchlight Parade. This year we're going to have a float because we want to push. The, we're more than just the, the stompers, bless the stompers' heart. And, you know, a lot of people, because of implied biases, has this misconception of who, like, look at you. You look magnificent. He has a beautiful tie on and a great, a great blue suit. A lot of folks don't associate us with that type of dress. We want to pre prepare or show the people with 3.2 million eyes that we're more than that on the float. The name of the float is We Rise. The back of the float, we have two seniors, uh, Lacey Steele, Mr. NAACP, the big pusher, and then Mrs. Stokes, been around a long-time educator. Uh, in the middle, we have uh, uh, Sophie Miles, who was Miss Black Washington State last year. Next to her is Darnell, uh, Darnell French, who's an outstanding 4.0 computer whiz. And then in front, two young people. But again, the folks' name is We Rise. is being in conjunction with the local black veterans who are the escorts. Since we fought in every war since this country's existed, the costumes would be from the Revolutionary War, Civil War, First World War, Second World War, and then representing all divisions. And the last two are astronauts. Male and female, male and female. Now, anyway, we're going to get you in on that. Now, us as a community, how do we get in touch with you, and what can we do if we want to get engaged? Well, the, again, the best way to, uh, to reach the BHS, the Black Heritage Society, is to check out the website, uh, Google us, uh, again, Black Heritage Society of Washington State. Uh, I believe it's, uh, the website is www.bhs.com. Dot, dot, dot org, and uh, so you can find out about us. Our president is, uh, again, Stephanie Johnson Towser, and uh, I am uh, happy to serve on the board. So, again, uh, Black Heritage Society of Washington State, and uh, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And again, again, it's a general membership meeting. It's at Langston Hughes Performing Arts Center. Uh, from noon to two tomorrow afternoon, uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon, and uh, and again we will be honoring Jackie uh, Austin, who was uh, uh, one of the co-founders of, uh, of the Black Heritage Society, and also uh, providing an update on uh, numerous activities that have occurred since our last. Uh, uh, general membership meeting. So we look forward to the hearing from. I think it's so important that we have that we have the, the uh, uh, Black Cultural Society, but also that we can somehow is there something that we can do to get incorporated into the schools? Kids need to learn about this because I know they take pride in their here. It's what we're doing. The uh, uh, Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, August 28th, which is the anniversary of the March on Washington, we'll be doing the first inductions in Martin Luther King Jr. Park. Oh, Martin Luther King Way. 
Last year, we were successful in having the name change from Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Park to Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Memorial Park. So those local civil rights leaders who have passed away and get lost to the ages and in time, we want to bring them back with their accomplishments. There's something in the park, not like a tombstone. Ain't going to be a tombstone, but it's going to talk about some of their accomplishments here in the area. And absolutely, we want the society to be there and be a part of it. Well, we're, we're certainly interested in reaching out, and that's, that's my role with the board is uh, communications and, and outreach. So uh, in terms of schools, you know, I happen to coincidentally serve on another board called HistoryLink.org. And HistoryLink, I believe, uh, if you check out that site, uh, in, includes uh, a lot of uh, African-American-related history, uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd have to check myself to see how much is on there about the Black Heritage Society. But, yes, uh, we, we want to do more. We have a lot of interest going on right now. As I said, uh, we just received this grant from the uh, for Culture to support uh, uh, a program. Again, that one's related to Edward Pratt. But we're looking to work with uh, some of the other groups, like the Buffalo Soldiers uh, and other other groups of interest. So. Again, I appreciate this opportunity and uh, hope that some uh, some of the listeners will plan to attend Saturday's meeting. Well, Blake, you're an outstanding representative for the Washington State Black Heritage Society. And I want to thank you for being with us today. Uh, I have a few announcements. One is that uh, Sisters Rock the Heart every Thursday night at Rumba Notes. Uh, they're getting down and then also... Uh, on behalf of uh, Michelle Alderson, Michelle Infinity, uh, Thursday tonight, uh, Brothers Rock the Heart, and that's hoped by uh, Bradley Fishhook Caldwell and Rubber Notes to the 5401 Rainier Avenue South. And then on the 27th, Sisters Rock the Heart, and my friend Geneva Runga will be hosting you that night. And then uh, Infinity also has a restart program, a five-week class, by a qualified holistic nutritional professional. It combines the simple elements of an up-to-date nutrition education, a guided three-week sugar detox, uh, a.k.a. real food challenge with small groups. And uh, the, the first class starts on the Tuesday, the 25th, 6th, And for more information, you can uh, email, or let me tell you, no, not email, but you can go to uh, Infinity's website, Infinity. Infinity, I-N-I-S-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y, well at gmail.com. And then on Sunday at 1 o'clock at the Royal Esquire Club, uh, Brothers United, as George uh, Yasutaki, Andre Franklin and the guys, they'll be honoring some men who have done some outstanding things in the city. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had the pleasure of receiving the Robert Stevens, Jr., Community Service Award, so we have that going on. And then you just heard J. Paul Blake with the Washington State Black Heritage Society. They will be meeting. And then i got to give a shout-out and condolence to my good friend, Betty Alvin Tolbert, who passed away. She will be uh, funeralized on Saturday at 10 o'clock a.m. at People's Institutional Church. And then uh, Penny Lewis, I think her last name is Bateson now, Penny uh will be funeralized on Monday, the 24th, at First AME, where she and her sister BK were longstanding members and also sang in the choir. So, uh, Eric, we'll take a break and come back with uh, Tana Yasu after this. At the Port of Seattle, diversity is the source of possibility and strength. And we honor our diverse community by expanding opportunities for all people to share in our region's economic prosperity. From the seaport to the airport, we're working to support small businesses, including those owned by women and minorities, and to create quality jobs with lifelong career paths. The Port of Seattle continues to be your Port of Opportunity.
Step up your commute and ride light. Sound Transit's new Capitol Hill and University of Washington Link Light Rail stations are now open. Get around town faster and more reliably than ever. Ride now from the University of Washington to Capitol Hill in just four minutes or continue on to Westlake Station in just eight minutes. Find lots of helpful information on how to ride, how to get an ORCA card, and more at ulink2016.org. Link Light Rail. More stations, more places. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Okay, we're back on the air. River Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans, Betty Wright Broadcasting. Uh, a little challenge to broadcast in City Hall without having all the necessary equipment, but we're doing the best we can. But I do want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, uh, the Port of Seattle's Office of Social Responsibility, CTAC Bar Group, LLC, Concourse Confession, uh, Sound Transit Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, and uh, Liz Alzier upstairs here, or over the, across the street, anyway, on the 41st floor. Uh, the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Office. I uh, want to thank them for their support. And uh, uh, I bet you that's the kind of y'all see this is, is Black History Music Month, and she is the great niece of the legendary Joe Brazil, who had one of the most Popular classes on the University of Washington campus while he was there in ethnomusicology. So, Tana, tell us what's going on this Saturday. Yes, this Saturday we are having a Black Music History Black Music History Month celebration at Dr. Blanche Levizo Park in the Central Area, located at 2100 Jackson Street uh, in Seattle, uh, from 11 to 6 p.m. 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. We're going to have dancing. We're going to have music. we got bands. Um, Gary Hammond's going to be the MC. I'm hosting it. And uh, we have the Emerald City Jazz Ensemble, various musicians. Um, we're going to do a tribute to Mr. Umeme Dinesh, Umeme EPZ Dinesh, who yes. helped a lot with building this legacy, um, being supportive through the HCAACD organization to help me with organizing and getting legacy events around my great uncle going. We've had several events and we also play at uh, Cafe Ibex is a sponsor of ours. Um, and so just to really honor the legacy and the work he did and all the people that he supported and they're all coming forward with so much love and, and you too, Mr. Rye, I appreciate all your support for everything we've been doing as well. And um, we're just going to have a good time. We got, we're going to have a caterer, Lawrence Stubbs Catering. We're going to have food there. Uh, Northwest Tap is going to perform. We're going to have Mr. Lonnie Williams is going to play. Some young people are going to do spoken word. Uh, and some of our, our former state representative, Jesse Weinberry, is going to speak. Uh, Council, King County Councilman Larry Gossett. You, Mr. Rye. Um, and we're just coming together to pay tribute and homage and celebrate black History, Black Music History Month. A lot of people don't know about uh, Black June being Black Music History Month, and so we love to be able to involve and, and bring my uncle's name up and, and bring all this joy into the community and um, celebrate with music and togetherness. It's awesome. Well, back in the 70s, Joe Brazil and Mr. Being a professor at the University of Washington uh, School of Music, Ethnomusicology. He also was a founder and director of the Black Academy of Music that was housed in camp back in the day. Yes, yes. Um, former Representative Jesse Weinberry was quoted at our event last year saying, he said on his radio show years ago, I teach young black men bars to keep them from behind bars. And that's from my great uncle. Um, he did so much in the community with the Black Academy of Music and um, going out to the prisons. And um, music is just really a unifying medium. And, and it's given a lot of these men that are out here playing professionally now, I mean, he opened a lot of doors and, and jump-started a lot of careers for people. He came to Seattle and did major things for the music scene that I'm still learning. Every time I mention his name, it's always great positive feedback I get. And I'm collecting these stories and creating an archive that eventually will be shared out. We have a website, which is JoeBrazil.org, and that's going to continue to grow with more information and video and photos and, and all the wonderful things that, that I'm capturing 
as we do these events and build up the organization and bring people on board. Well, Tom, I thank you very much for uh, organizing this on your great uncle's honor. And he definitely is uh, black history music uh, in uh, this area uh, and did an outstanding job of bringing people along as well as training people. And folks used to say he had a waiting list to get into his class. That's how popular he was at the University of Washington. So I will see you Saturday. I can't get there until about 4 o'clock, but I will be uh, on the program, and I will be there about 2 o'clock on Saturday. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Okay. Thank you very much, Tana. We appreciate you. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. Tana Yasu. Uh, June is Black History Music Month, and she's connected to the late Joe Brazil. Uh, Miss Yolanda Brooks gave me a notice for her to make people aware of, and the Washington State Department of Transportation is uh, meeting on the DBE goal setting in Spokane, Seattle, and Yakima, June 24th through 27th. The first meeting will be Monday the 24th at the Eastern Regional Headquarters, which is in Spokane. Uh, on Tuesday, the meeting will be at the Northwest Regional Headquarters office at 4 p.m., and that's at 15700 Dayton Avenue North in the Shoreline area. And then uh, Akamon and other folks will come later. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Stephanie Oak for all the work she's been doing on the website, and uh, I think she put something together for uh, the Francis B. North Legacy Initiative. Uh, that's been circulated. And also she'll be having a page put together for the July 13th, uh, Carolyn Riley Payne Appreciation Day, Angela Rice flying in town. I think Common might be here too. So you'll be seeing something real soon. We want you to RSVP. We definitely want to have as many folks involved with, uh, with Carolyn Riley Payne in the NAACP ASPO program, uh, to be in attendance to extend your appreciation to her, all of her. So that'll be July 13th at first AME. And I think we're almost out of time. So once again, I want to thank uh, all of our sponsors. I want to thank uh, Soundtrack Small Business Development Program, I mean, Small Business Development and Compliance Office. I want to thank uh, City of Seattle uh, Purchasing Construction Services Office, uh, Port of Seattle Office of Responsibility, uh, Stephanie Ogle for the website, Concourse Concession, Tag Bar Group, LLC, and uh, I also want to congratulate uh, Roberto Jordan, president of uh, Festival Sundiata. I wasn't able to make it, but I understand it was an outstanding event. And so uh, we will be in the studio next week. Uh, we had a little few technical difficulties today. Uh, so Eddie Ryan, Haywood Evans, and thank you much, Eric. Thank you for tolerating us today. Uh, next time we'll have a better system worked out. Everybody have a good weekend. Make sure you get busy attending something to help better everybody else's life, including your own.